Welcome to Retail Stories, a podcast from the Independence Day campaign, which promotes and supports independent retail businesses around the UK. In this podcast, we will hear from John Bird, the founder of The Big Issue, on why he's supporting independent bookshops, and from two long-established retail businesses on how they've adapted to the changing retail landscape. But first, when childhood friends Samantha Yeah and Emma Woodward decided to start their fashion and lifestyle business, Aspire Style, I suspect that having five shops and being named by Byra, the British Independent Retailers Association, as its Independent Retail Business of the Year for 2018, seemed a long way away. But that's where they are now. I caught up with Emma recently and began by asking her not only how important it is for independent retailers to stand out from the rest on the high street, but in what ways they can do that. I think it's looking at the ways that independent retailers can do things differently to the big high street retailers, because we're never going to be able to compete with them with the amount of money that they can spend on discounting products, on advertising, on getting sort of flashy websites. But what we can do is we can really build um, a brand with the local community uh, and get customers to buy into that. So what we do is we, we will do quite a few events in store. So we often do things like fashion shows in store after, after hours. So we'll do an evening event and sell tickets for that. Um, we do special events for the start of season where we have, you know, we have Prosecco and have nibbles. Um, and we try and create a bit of in-store theatre, so we'll have some live music from local bands and musicians. And people love that, the customers love that, and they keep coming back to these um, events time and time again. We start trying now to do things um, in the daytime as well. And this is all things that kind of people in the local community love, our customers love, and it makes us stand out from the other, other retailers. Um, so that's always been quite important for us to do and to build a brand image around that. Touching on that, um, how important is the human connection between um, your brand and your customers, and what do you do to to build in great customer service? Well, that's another thing that really makes us stand out from the high street, is that we can give very personal service, so we can go the extra mile. And I think when, when you're an independent business and you work in the shop yourself as the owner, you can give fantastic customer service. And I think when you start employing staff and having other people working in the store, it's giving them the tools to be able to deliver the customer service that you would as a store owner. So for us, that's very much um, about involving staff. So we, we will involve them in the buying decisions. So when new products come into stores, and I, I remember going to see that supplier and talking to them about why this product was great. Um, and that really helps. And we also involve them very much in how the store looks. They they have full control over the merchandising of the windows and in store. So we'll give them guidelines, but they they execute it in the way that they think is best for their their store. And that way, the staff feel very very involved in the business, and they really want it to succeed. So they will deliver the excellent customer service. Um, and I think that. That makes a real difference because in a big retailer, the staff can never feel that involved in the business. They're just one small sort of cog in the, in the big wheel. So um, I think involving staff is very important. Now, we live in a time where even if you have um, a bricks and mortar shop, or in your case, five bricks and mortar shops around the place, you can't ignore 
um, the potential for and the power of online and the importance of social media. How do you replicate um, that same experience of your brand online and on social platforms? Well, I think that is, I think that is quite a challenge because you are, well, you do feel like you're a bit more removed from the customer. I think online it's so much about getting the right tone of voice um, so that when you've got images on, online and the way that you write online, it reflects your store. Um, and also it's about thinking there is, there is often a two-way communication with customers. So they will, they will phone up or they will email and ask questions. And it's about kind of delivering that personal service, something that is, isn't a, um, just a bog-standard email that's sent out and that is very much written to them from a real person. Um, so there's things like that you can do online. On social media, I think you can go even further to create a real brand image. So I think social media is really important. Um, and we've been doing Facebook for quite a long time, um, and we've just started with Instagram. And on Instagram and Facebook, you can put across something that is a little bit more authentic. So it's not just about here's a great product that we sell. It's about these are the people behind the store. This is, these are the people that chose the product. This is why they chose the product. So it's making it a bit more personal, a bit more authentic. And I think it, it's something that needs quite a bit of thought putting into. And we're, we're, we still feel like we're learning all the time. So we're very much at the moment trying to build in a bit more a bit more personality behind the brand on Instagram or Facebook. So some of the things that we're looking to do in the future is doing sort of staff profiles um, so people can see who works at the business and, and what they like, what makes them tick, what their favourite product is. Um, and doing things like little short videos about new products when they arrive in store and the staff unveiling them and the reason that we've created a certain window and what goes into creating that window so that it's a background story, which I think customers really like. Um, and we haven't done that much of that before, and it's something, like I say, we are trying to, to build into what we do now. So I think we're still learning all the time. I think there's a lot that we can do still. Now, that's great. Now, we're talking with you in your Coventry shop this morning. Yeah. If people wanted to find out a little bit more about uh, you and what you can offer, where, just tell everyone, where are your shops and how do they find you online as well? We've got five shops which are in Warwick, Stratford, Oxford, Solihull, and um, Elton, which is the Coventry store. Um, and we're also online at aspirestyle.co.uk. Um, and Facebook, which is Facebook slash Aspire Style, and the same with Instagram. Earlier this year, Simon Key, founder of the Big Green Bookshop in Wood Green, outlined plans to give independent booksellers a louder voice. Since then, more than 130 have joined forces to create the Independent Bookshop Alliance to collectively bargain with publishers, allowing the same access to tax breaks and exclusive editions enjoyed by the bigger retail players. One of those giving his backing to the Alliance is John Bird, founder of The Big Issue, who has been warning for some time about the potential damage of illiteracy. I spoke to Lord Bird and began by asking him why he had become involved. This is an area that I want to work in because I'm interested in social literacy, um, literacy itself, 
I'm interested in getting people reading. I'm interested in protecting uh, high streets because obviously the more they become clone towns uh, filled up with um, chains and all that, the, the less individualism there is. And obviously the more alienation and the more uh, social problems that come with that. What, what difference is the alliance itself trying to make to booksellers? I think what they're saying is um, united we stand, divided we fall. And um, one of the areas is obviously around the uh, looking upon bookshops as a source of uh, improving the, uh, the, the footfall in the high streets. Because if you've got bookshops, other shops nearby get used. And it encourages the idea of a kind of create, creative local high street rather than just a kind of dry drab full of, um, full of, um, chain shops and, 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 uh, supermarkets and, and, um, charity shops. They will campaign over questions around, around rate relief or, or rate fairness. Because, for instance, if, uh, and you'll have picked up the story that if you're, a bookseller like Amazon, you're on a warehouse. You're in a warehouse uh, selling in the high street and off the high street and all over the place. But you're you're paying a fraction of the rates that you'd pay if you had a high street position. Coming back to this issue just briefly on social literacy, what, what do you see as the role that, that little independent bookshops can, can play in, in helping improve literacy? I'm not too happy with the idea just of literacy because um, I know a lot of people who can read and write uh, who don't use reading and writing as a way of developing their social literacy or their literacy. They read, you know, the usual stuff or they use this. Uh, and, and in a way, bookshops are about going somewhere and seeing a range of choice, uh, maybe being blown away and saying, wow, look at that. Um, and in the same way as you go to a library, it's, it's about raising the uh, prosperity of your thinking, the, the kind of richness of your thinking. Um, and that's where I think, you know, social literacy often grows in people broadening their kind of reading horizon, uh, especially young people. Um, and also, uh, it's, it, it's interesting in the idea of social literacy because it, it means that you look upon culture as a barometer of how healthy and well-placed you are in the community. One of the problems of being poor in the community is that often your social literacy chances are kind of zilch because of the poor conditions that you live in, the poor housing, uh, and the fact that, you know, there'll be, there'll be environmental issues, there'll be pollution issues because you're living in the poor part of town. And also the shops that feed you are often the most abject because they're only selling poor stuff, uh, and, and kind of adding to your sense of isolation. We all know that the retail landscape is changing and changing fast, 
But how easy is it for long-established independent retailers to adapt and diversify in order to stay ahead of the curve? I spoke with two such retailers, Vincent Goodman, owner of Speedprint in Ilford, which was established by his father in 1983, and Rosa Ashby, whose florist shop Flowers by Rosa has been a mainstay in Whitney for over 20 years. I began by asking Vince how his own retail landscape has changed in recent years. When we opened, um, at the time, there was backstreet print shops, little small little units that you'd go in. They weren't user-friendly. They didn't have a counter. Um, and then Corquick and Pontoprint, these big American franchise giants, came along and started opening in high streets. And that's where, that's where, that's where, that's where my dad had the idea, let's do the, sim- let's do the same thing. And the shop became available in Gants Hill, which at the time was a very vibrant area, business area, six banks. There were six banks. There's only one bank now. And lots of businesses all in the office blocks. They were all full of small businesses, and we did really, really well. And we still, we still do well, but we've had, you know, we've had to move our business along. So we were one of the first independent, family-run print and copy shops. How, how has that retail landscape changed for you over the last few years? Um, well, we don't rely on passing trade as much as we used so we, it, it's, it's word of mouth, it's, it's referrals. I do a lot of business networking. Uh, it's a lot of repeat work. I asked Rosa the same question. It has changed an awful lot, uh, especially in Whitney, um, because a large shopping centre came in about 10 years ago with all the national shops. And they're nearly all national, with the exception maybe of one. Um, that came about five years ago, and that's you know, more or less filled with national shops. So this has been harder for the small independent shops. And more nationals came up the high street as well. So this makes it harder for, for us all as independents. What have you been able to do to sort of uh, increase business and, and, and keep the, the shop being successful? Well, we have flower workshops and um, in the evenings and sometimes during the day. And a lot of the people have come, you know, each time we have a workshops, and they've improved their skills a lot. And they also buy flowers from us. And also we're in a narrow walkway of about 10 feet wide. And so it also, even though we've been here a long time, we still get people saying, oh, I didn't know you were here. So the workshop also teaches them how to look after the flowers properly and teaches them the names of the flowers. And they also enjoy the workshop and enjoy the time. We also have an online ordering website, which is flowersbyrosa.co.uk. We get orders coming from other countries, various countries. It's always surprising, maybe Australia, New Zealand, um, and maybe the States, various countries. So looking forward the next, you know, two, three, four years, what are the challenges and what are the opportunities for, uh, I guess, a way for a business of, uh, uh, like yours, but also for any kind of internet, uh, independent retail business? I've read up on GDPR recently, and the way I see it is I see a lot of small businesses moving away from the email marketing and reverting, reverting back to actual printed mail shots. I think they'll find that a safer option unless they are you know, having to conform with everything that they've got to conform with. And I think there's a, still a huge demand for ink on paper. And people still love to read a brochure. They love to read a magazine or product details as a physical product. And I think we can make, we can make the marketing look their very best 
to promote the services with maximum impact. Why, why, is, it impe- why is it important, you know, in, in, a, in, a, in a climate where people kind of want things yesterday and they go online and they <coughs> click on Amazon and it's delivered the next day or they, they go to a supermarket and they can get pretty much anything they want in a supermarket. Why is it important that people need to support independent small retailers? I think sensible people are willing to pay a few extra pounds just to get, you know, the handheld. And I think that's really important because we're just taking internet printing for the moment. You've got to fill in all sorts of stuff. A lot of people are computer savvy and they can do that. But they're paying up front. They don't know these people. They're, They're trusting they're going to get their printing. They're uploading their PDF, assuming it's correct. It doesn't get checked. It just gets printed. If it's wrong... You've got to take it on the chin and pay again to have it done right. At least with me, as I said, you're paying about the right sort of price, but you're getting that little bit extra. You're you're getting the whole job in a a bespoke way. I think it's getting harder, um, but we hope that the people will really realise that coming to independent of any type of business, they know their trade, they know their goods, and they know what they're selling, and they can give advice. And so if you could give one piece of advice to somebody who's starting a retail business up now, mm-hmm. what, would, what would be your advice to, to them? Well, as an independent, I would go to a smaller town. Um, with, you know, it might not be as much turnover, but your costs wouldn't be as high, your overheads wouldn't be as high as and less competition from a national shop if you went to a smaller, smaller town. Also, with a smaller town, uh, there's a more of a community of, from the people in a smaller town and give more in support uh, in a smaller, some sort of smaller town, smaller area. And presumably also a community of other independent retail businesses. Yeah, so you get more community spirit as well. It's going to be tough and People need to support definitely the independents. So thanks to Vincent Goodman and Rosa Ashby for sharing their views. If you would like to get in touch with their businesses, you can do so at speedprint.co.uk and at flowersbyrosa.co.uk. And if you'd like to find out more about the Independence Day campaign and how you can use it to promote your business as well as supporting others, it costs nothing. And you can find out more on our website, independencedayuk.org, or on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at UK Indie Day. That's U-K-I-N-D-I-E Day. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to hearing from you soon. Bye.